Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning. Welcome to worship. It is great to have you here. Special welcome. If you are a visitor with us, we're glad that you're here. We invite you to fill out the trifold communication card, put it in the offering so we can thank you for being here. We are nearing the end of our God's Grace, Your Hands generosity project. If you still have your check, please give it away this week. If you are truly stumped about what to do with it, you can bring it back here and we will make sure it gets allocated for outreach. Also, have you shared your story yet, or have you read all the other stories that have been submitted on our webpage? We have well over 100, but we're still waiting for yours if you haven't written yours out yet. Also, remember, next Sunday night, we will be holding an all-congregation potluck for everyone so we can hear stories and celebrate all that God has done among us. The potluck begins at 530 We ask you to bring yourselves and a dish to share and sign up. If you register, we'll know how many brats we need. So you can sign up at Sign Up Central or through Realm. Great, lots of celebration. Part of our mission here at Good Shepherd is to share God's grace. And we invite you to be a part of our hospitality team next Saturday for Trunk or Treat. Uh, We're going to be welcoming lots of families from uh, the neighborhood right around Good Shepherd, most of whom are not members of our church. We want to welcome them with open arms, and so we need a big team of folks. You can stop by the whiteboard out in the lobby and see ways that you can help. Read about it in the Our Life as well. Another part of our mission here is that we serve others, and you have two opportunities coming up for that. Uh, Join our Judy's Joggers team for the Matthew 25 Hunger Walk on November 9th. There's information in the Our Life. You can sign up out in the lobby. Uh, We honor Judy Herman, and in her memory we walk because she had a place in her heart for this ministry. Also this week will be our Halloween visit to Taft Elementary School, and that will take place on Thursday. We'll actually be in the classrooms between noon and two. If you're able to join us, we'd love to have you read about it in the Our Life. Today we give thanks to God for adding to our numbers as we welcome new members. In the Our Life today, there's a, an insert that will give you some information. We will be calling them forward a little later in the service. Please find a way to reach out to them and welcome them. Guys, pub theology is tomorrow night. Join the guys. Uh, There's information in the Our Life. We are in the midst of doing our new picture directory. There's still time for you to have your picture taken. Make your appointment Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week. Make your appointment online. Finally, next Sunday is Reformation Day, so please wear red to help us celebrate that wonderful day. Also at 11 o'clock, we will have the rite of confirmation for 11 of our ninth graders. Whew! May God bless us as we worship. Good morning. Today our first reading is from Genesis chapter 32. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. 
After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Here ends the reading. The second reading is a reading from 2 Timothy chapters 3 to 4. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Our Holy Gospel this morning comes from the book of Luke. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. There was a certain judge in a certain city, Jesus said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth 
who have faith. Here ends the reading. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, Jesus, our savior, and the Holy Spirit who inspires us all. Amen. When I was serving a church in Milwaukee, one of my colleagues was a young pastor fresh out of seminary named Brett. Shortly after Brett started his work at the church, he and his wife had a baby, their second child, a daughter, and they named her Marin. When it came time for Marin to be baptized, Brett said that he wanted to be the pastor that would preside over the baptismal service. As you can imagine, it was an emotional day for him as he filled out the dual roles of dad and pastor. Now, adding to the pressure was that an army of family members had come into town for the special occasion. Well, everything was going swimmingly until that point in the baptismal service where the pastor says the baby's name and pours water over her head. The problem came when Brett said his daughter's name. Instead of saying Marin, he baptized her as Marlin. Now, Marlin is a fine name, but it wasn't her name. The thing is, Brett didn't realize that he had misspoken, but I think he had a sense that something went wrong. Maybe it was the collective quiet gasp of those pews full of family members or the look of horror on his wife's face. Something wasn't right, but Brett just forged ahead with the service. So his daughter was baptized as Marlin. What's in a name, right? Well, actually, names are important and can be very powerful. Just ask Jacob, who wrestles with God in our Old Testament reading this morning from Genesis. One of the outcomes of that story is that Jacob gets a new name. In ancient times, names were especially powerful. In Jacob's culture, names didn't just identify someone, they revealed the essence of their character or maybe even set the course of their destiny. Jacob's name was very revealing. Remember, Jacob was a twin. Remember this? His older brother was Esau. They were the sons of Isaac and Rebekah and the grandsons of Abraham and Sarah. When Esau emerged from the womb first, Jacob came right out after and he was holding on to Esau's heel. That was the beginning of the kind of life that Jacob would lead. There are many ways to translate or interpret the name Jacob and none of them is very flattering. Just as Jacob was grasping Esau's heel at the time of his birth, Jacob would spend much of his young life grasping after what was rightfully other, belonged to others. You see, Jacob was a bit of a deceiver and a cheat and a scoundrel. You may remember the stories of how Jacob swindled out of Esau out of his eldest son's birthright in exchange for Jacob's pot of stew, or how Jacob tricked and deceived his father Isaac into giving him the blessing that Isaac had been reserving for his eldest son Esau. 
I mean, these are not hero stories. These are not stories that the family would proudly tell around the the Thanksgiving table. And all of these stories were tied up in Jacob's name. Well, it was after Jacob stole his brother Esau's blessings that his his actions finally caught up with him. Jacob had to literally run away from home because Esau was breathing death threats against him. So Jacob went far away to live with his uncle, Laban, for some 20 years. And in those 20 years, Jacob and Laban took turns deceiving each other because apparently duplicity was just a family trait. (laughs) But during those years, Jacob also began his family and began to accumulate some wealth. But when relationships are based on deception and usurping power, things tend to go badly and After a while, Jacob's relationship with Laban sours. And so Jacob decides to take his wives and his children and a good chunk of Laban's flock and fortune and head back home. A home where he couldn't necessarily expect to be welcomed with open arms. It's a long journey back home. And when Jacob is partway home, he finds out that Esau, as he's going home, Esau is coming from the other direction, from home, to meet him, and that Esau is bringing with him 400 men. Yikes. And Jacob doesn't know if Esau is coming as friend or foe, and so he sends his family on ahead, and Jacob spends the night alone, the Jabbok River. Perhaps Jacob is doing some soul-searching. Or perhaps he is scheming, trying to think of one more way that he could manipulate his brother Esau. No matter what he's doing in that time of solitude, it is interrupted when God shows up for a wrestling match. And during that wrestling match, God asks Jacob, what is your name? Now remember, in saying his name, Jacob is making a confession of who he is. The one who grasps after power, the deceiver, the cheat, the scoundrel. Ah, yes, the power of names. But when Jacob confesses his name, it doesn't lead to punishment. The wrestling match isn't about an angry God condemning Jacob. It's quite the opposite. The wrestling match is about redemption and transformation and new life. You see, God had bigger dreams for Jacob than the name Jacob could hold. And so God gives Jacob a new name, Israel. Israel, the one who has striven with God and with humans and prevailed. Jacob will have to live into that name, be reconciled to his brother, carry the promise that God first gave to his grandfather Abraham and then to his father Isaac and now to him, Israel. Israel would have to leave his old character right there at the Jabbok River and start a new life as the leader of God's chosen people. And he would. Jacob, Israel, would become the most influential ancestors of the Israelites Israel would father an entire nation through his 12 sons and their wives, and 
Their descendants, think about it, their descendants proudly bear his name to this very day. The power of a name, especially when that name is given by God. When my friend Brett baptized his daughter as Marlon, that didn't become her name. Because one mistake by a nervous dad and pastor shouldn't define your life forever, right? But there was some naming going on that day, and it did change her life forever. And that naming was done by God. At the baptismal font, there was a wrestling match going on. As God wrestled Marin away from the hands of sin and death and the power of the devil, and God gave her a new name, not Marlin, but Christian, beloved, one who belongs to Christ. Now, here's the thing most of us know all too well about the power of names. Maybe not our given name, but names the world calls us, or worse, names that we call ourselves. Some of these names are affirming, but most of them reveal our deep brokenness. And sometimes we fall into the trap of believing that these names define us. I mean, what's the name you can scarcely speak because of fear or shame or pain? Is it scoundrel, cheat, or phony like Jacob? Unworthy, irresponsible, unfaithful, discouraged or burnt out, divorced, deserted, or diseased, coward, or bully, unloved or unloving, disappointed or disappointing, disengaged or addicted, lazy or overcommitted, so many names that keep us on the run. But you hear this. God has bigger dreams for us than any of those names can hold. See, we need this story. We need the hope of this story of Jacob becoming Israel because it reveals the power of God to transform and redeem us. It reminds us that God has given us a new name in the waters of baptism. At the font, God wrestled each of us from the hands of sin and death and the power of the devil. So what if today, as we come to God's table, we gather up all of those hurtful names and we simply leave them here at the foot of the cross? And then we hold on to that promised new name that God has given us the way that Jacob held on to God. You see, a new day continually dawns for people of faith. And into that new day, we carry a new name. Beloved, child of God, 
Christian, those who belong to Christ. Names are powerful, and they are even more powerful when they are given to us by God. Because those are the names that will define us forever. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.